Hotline Link episode 14 is here. That's right. We've got Biofrost on the show, our first ever pro player. We're going to be taking your calls, talking about all sorts of stuff, how CLG is doing, how the LCS is doing, so much more. There's a bunch to talk about. Hotline League starts now. Hotline League is brought to you by Omen by HP. Woohoo! We did it. All right. Getting better and better at those intros. How's it going, Mark? Am I on camera? You are on camera. People okay. see you right now. Hey, people. <laughs> the enthusiasm you bring to the opening of the show is always Dude, it's so I'm strong. I'm excited. I can't wait to get this show over with. I bought a PS4 on Monster Hunter today. I had a friend who just didn't use his, so I got that at a yeah. steal, like 100 bucks. It's, bought Monster Hunter. It's always good when, to hear at the start of the show that you want it to be done with already. You know, like that's the thing that makes like gets me going. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm excited for that. I haven't done anything as a hobby or like for fun in a long time. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Well, you went to the movies fun. and got drunk. That's kind of fun. Those are dates. That's like my girlfriend makes me go. Oh, those are not. I see. Yeah, that's yeah, that's more like, work. It's I just your. Like, I want to see Black Panther. She was like, I don't want to sit in your room again. Yeah, it's your third or fourth job, I think, is your relationship yeah. with your girlfriend. I understand. Yeah. Uh, all right, so. Let's talk a little bit about some stuff that's been going on. Uh, you got Monster Hunter. You didn't wait for the PC version. Very disappointing. Uh, well, so I have a, a, a lot of friends who are all like, wait for PC release, wait for PC release. And then I was like, yeah, dude, I'll definitely do that. And we'll all play together. And I realized I actually don't play any games with anybody right now. And I have a hard time getting on schedule with people when they want to play. So the likelihood that I even play with these people when I do get the PC version was pretty low so I was like why don't I just get it now and then I can play Bloodborne and Horizon Zero Dawn and a bunch of other things yeah uh, I yeah Horizon Zero Dawn by the way my game of last year and also you haven't are you not playing Slay the Spire no I, I hear a lot of people geeking out about that I might I might pick it up in a little bit you should I definitely I'll wait till it gets it's 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 early access right yeah but I mean it might maybe nobody's playing it by the time it comes out. Let's talk about yeah, League but, of Legends a little all bit. All right, whatever. So the most interesting thing for me this weekend uh, was your decision to play a clown fiesta song with your mouth <laughs> during Jat's analysis. Jat, I felt like listening to that clip because I was outside doing an interview. Uh, Jet, I felt like did not appreciate that. Like he was, did, was that pre-planned? It's, it felt yeah, like he, he, he was knew, very unhappy. He knew it was coming. Oh, he knew it was coming. Yeah, I told him I was gonna just just do that during the clip. Yeah, even uh, if he even if he did, I don't think he was happy. I think he wasn't happy because he just had to watch that whole game. Okay, yeah. Like all of us were mad just about that game. Yeah, and, and for like, those that don't know, we're talking about the Hundred Thieves CLG match, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. and it was, I think, yeah, it was it was just really bad uh, a game, and so. Uh, we were the whole time just like ragging on that game. We were like, how can we make this segment like fun? Can we like get, can people start recording us in the, in like the analyst desk watching this like behind the scenes kind of look, yeah. uh, where we're just like flaming everybody in the game. And then, uh, we couldn't really do that. So like, how do we, how do we want to do this? And I was just like, I'll just do the circus music. Yeah. I think you will enjoy my interview with Aphromu because I called him out on it basically being a clown fiesta. He did mm -hmm. not take kindly to that. He was like, listen, uh, we couldn't do these things other than like team fight in the mid game, so that's why there were so many team fights. He did not he did not feel as though, at least from from the takeaway for me was that he, he did not feel like it was a clown fiesta and did not appreciate me calling it a clown fiesta. 
So it'll be interesting, I think, for people to sort of see how he, he feels about that. I was amazed at his interview with Offley right after the game where he seemed like super composed yeah. uh, given how that game was. And I mean, like, it's it's like League of Legends is really hard. So I get how, like, sometimes, you know, games don't really follow uh, a game plan how they should or something like right. that. And, but at the end of the day, there was, a, there was like a three-minute, like, sequence in that game where they team fought mid and they uh, CLG used Sej ult, Taric ult. Nothing happened. They, they almost fought and killed each other. They do it again. Sejal comes back up. They do it a third time, and I think they might kill somebody, and they start off Elder Dragon, and Stixay runs around the map in a circle, getting chased by all 100 Thieves, and he pulls them back to like where the rest of CLG had abandoned them, left them on Dragon, and then there should have been another fight, but no one had any mana left to fight again because they just all did it. And that is not a sequence that should ever happen in a high-level League of Legends <laughs> Uh, it's just not like you don't see that in other uh, areas like, yeah. it's just it, it was bad yeah all right so let's this is maybe a good conduit to to open up a discussion that i wanted to have with you and maybe we can bring um biofrost into later depending on how you feel about this but we kind of talked mm -hmm. about this last week but i god damn lcs looks so bad right now like echo fox and cloud nine and then everyone else is really bad like eight bad teams am i crazy in thinking this nope okay no no, no. I during that game, and then during the 100 Thieves FlyQuest game, I turned to James, and I was like, when do I get to say that the LCS is bad? Just basically from top to bottom. Yeah. And he was like, we can have that conversation now. And so he kind of prompted me in one of the AD sections the same way. But like you said, the top two teams are, are good, legitimately good. And then they're, it's like the Wild West. Anyone from 3 through 10 can beat each other. And it's like, it sucks that like they're so inconsistent because i'm trying to do predictions every weekend yeah and usually middle of the seasons when you start hitting your strikes it's like ah the, that number three team's like pretty good which is what team liquid should have been before they started going in the can so yeah, yeah. It's, it's really it's a really weird split yeah it's both like quite frankly in some ways this is the most fun i've had working with the lcs since basically the start of it i feel like uh, I mean, even before the start of the split, I was more excited than I had been, or this, the most excited I've been since, like, 2013 when it debuted. Um, but, because there's so many interesting storylines, it feels like every week there's a revenge match. The revenge almost always comes through. Even when this Golden Guardians versus Team Liquid, you still get it, you know? Um, the uncertainty of anyone can beat anyone. Uh, Echo Fox is just filled with, like, like Hooney's just walking around making fun of everyone, and no one can stop him because he's only dropped a single game. Like, it is it is a very fun time to be in the scene. On the other hand, I am very concerned about just how bad NALCS is right now, and very confused as to why how bad and or how why NALCS is so bad. It's because there was legitimately nine players who stayed on the same team. Yeah, forty one players changed teams, so like you have zero consistency basically amongst any teams. And the thing is. Three of those players were on CL or C9, and three of them were on CLG. So, like, that means only amongst the other eight teams, only three players were consistent. So, like, there was just an unprecedented level of roster upheaval yeah. uh, in the LCS. And then two more were on TSM, right? So, like, it, it's fucking nuts. And, like, even, like, some players stuck as, like, a core. Like, the Envy core kind of went to a new org, and the Immortals core kind of went to a new org. But you're in a totally new environment now because it's not your same. Yeah, team. different coaching people, different different coaching. You you live somewhere different. You practice somewhere different. You are still getting new teammates. So in that sense, like yeah, there was almost no consistency. Yeah, 
don't know. Uh, we're going to have to stall a little bit longer, by the way, because Biofrost says he's running 10 minutes late because he's in traffic. Why That's he fine. had to leave the house to get dinner? I will not. I don't know. But I expect one of our callers to ask him. Um, but I I think it's it's just an interesting time. Like, uh, what? Like, I'm really curious to see if Cloud9 is the only old guard team that ends up looking good out of this entire split, including playoffs, right? I mean, what are the chances now? And maybe it'll happen. But what are the chances that TSM or TL recover by playoffs? Because I feel like this is when... They, they might look worse than they have the entire split. Like, they look like they're trending down. I don't know about... I think they might have looked a little worse week one and week two, but then they looked a little bit better, and now they look bad again. So, I'm not sure. I mean sure, TSM, but... but, I mean, TL is looking oh, maybe oh, the worst. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, TL is definitely looking the worst they've looked all split. And I think that was the kind of concern for TL, where it's like, all right, they'll probably come in and be really good right off the bat, but will they be able to sustain it? And I think... I was expecting them to to maybe stay third after seeing how good Echo Fox and C9 were, but I didn't expect them to get tied for third, fourth. I didn't expect to see like Golden Guardians be one game outside of CLG and FlyQuest yeah. or Optic, I guess. Like, Cl I mean, Clutch is ranked higher than TSM right now, right? They're tied, uh, but they own the head-to-head. -head. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's fucking nuts, is what it is, and I think. When you get to the playoffs, like it's, I was talking with Azale about this, like TSM looks bad and you want to be like, these guys are bad, but there's just like that nagging stat in the back of your head where it's like, they've been to every finals yeah. ever in NA. And it's like, all right, I'm not going to, I'm not going to condemn this team and say they have no chance the way I kind of did with CLG uh, a couple weeks ago. Meanwhile... <clears throat> Meanwhile, Echo Fox is just. I I'm interested to see if that team. I don't at this point in time. I think the whole they're gonna blow up narrative is pretty much whatever. But uh, they are so cocky and so swaggerlicious. Like first off, they've got Hooney, but also I interviewed Anero, their coach. First time I've ever interviewed him, and dude is super confident. He's like, I was like, are you gonna win playoffs? He's like, playoffs? Yeah, we could definitely win playoffs. We're gonna compete internationally. It's, we just have to wait to get there. Um, Dude, dude's very confident. Funny inside story about this. Uh, when we do rehearsals at the LCS, um, they run the same clips over and over again as placeholders until they update them. So, like, um, we'll have a interview that we know we got with another team's coach, but until we actually get like that's where that's gonna go. But until we actually record it, we just run Anero's interview over and over again. So. There was some interview week two, I think we did with an arrow, and now it just gets played every single time. Oh yeah, because it's just default in the system or whatever. Yeah, it's just like what they what they use, and he starts a lot of his answers off with "uh," and his voice is really deep. It's super deep. Yeah, he's like it's, his voice is so deep, it's and he's got like all this chest hair. So he had his like in my interview, he's got his shirt open like this because he said he lost his tie, and there's just like all this manly hair. His voice is so deep. He's like. I'm like, uh, if the team starts to fall, like starts to lose, are people gonna start getting angry with each other? He's like, no, that's not gonna happen because we're not gonna lose. I'm like, yeah. cool. Very. Anyways, it's just, it's just funny that his interview is always the one we listen to, so we always hear uh like <laughs> three times a weekend, four times a weekend about, and we just always do that to each other. Oh, nice. Whenever James asks us a question in rehearsal. Yeah. Poor an arrow. Doesn't realize. Well, so he's actually a guy who I want to start asking his players about more um, yeah just because he was on echo fox when they sucked balls and now he's on echo fox when they're really good with hooney and you just have never like heard much about this yeah dude. he came like, from dream team and tainted minds right it's like he came from nowhere 
Echo Fox liked him, and now they're doing good. So, like, I'd like to learn more about him because, like, Zabutin came over, and we they, like, they interviewed Zabutin, and they were like, what's your coaching style? And he's, like, very player-focused and, like, work hard and this kind of stuff. And I felt like no one was like, hey, Anero, what do you do a lot? Like, how do you approach it? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I see in the Twitch chat you were saying, uh, so so CG is ahead of TSM. They're tied with TL. Yeah, sorry, I just got it mixed up in my head. Okay. Uh, uh, TSM is in that, like, ridiculous tie underneath because there's a there's a five and five team at fifth yeah which is i don't remember what do you think of golden guardians um i think that team is pretty bad all things considered um i i, I, th I still maintain like what i thought when when saint was on here where it's like all those guys are lcs caliber players but they should be role players and you shouldn't stick all of them on a team together yeah and like you know, maybe maybe role player is too harsh of a term for for contracts, um, but like Lorlo's having a really good split, but he's just like there's not much help. Their bot lane seems like consistent at points, but like they're not beating other lanes, and so like maybe that's a lane that can go even on a team with other pressure elsewhere. Yeah. Um, then they they get their wins usually through like a, I mean the Team Liquid game was sad from Team Liquid's end, and then the other game they had like really crazy flex picks. Yeah. Maybe we should uh, hop into really quickly just a shout out to our sponsor for the show, Mark. If you want to think a little bit about what to talk about, what do I get back from that while we stall for Biofrost? Maybe the chat can uh, can give us, or maybe we'll take a call. Either way, do you want to give a shout out to Omen by HP, who is a sponsor for the show? Talked about them the past couple of weeks. They did a uh, nice little giveaway. That, by the way, I want to thank all of you guys for supporting and, and signing up for because I think uh, both me and them were really impressed with the amount of attention and love that that got. And I think that's always a really nice thing whenever on the show you guys can help out with, uh, you know, kind of a giveaway or shout out to a sponsor or anything like that. Not just in the show, but also in the rest of my content. So anyway, thanks for signing up for that. But uh, if, you, if you are new, you haven't heard me talk about this before. Omen by HP, a uh, relatively new gaming brand, entered the space a couple years ago, and they are doing some really, really cool stuff. I think they have identified that esports is the future of gaming, uh, at least in some part, and so they are really trying to support esports across a bunch of different uh, ways. You know, it's not a situation where, you know, some brands come in, they're just like, oh, yeah, here, agency, just buy me a bunch of ads on uh, some website or something like that. I think they are looking at things from a comprehensive uh, standpoint. They want to, you know, they, they do things like they sponsor Overwatch League. Uh, but besides sponsoring Overwatch League, they even come and sponsor a show like this one. It was a very grassroots show uh, that's happening. Uh, they, uh, they have a deal with CLG. If you look at the logo on their jerseys, they, uh, they support CLG. Biofrost coming on the show in just a little bit. So it's really nice of them to do that stuff. Uh, they are, they have really cool computers, uh, all the way back to last year, right before worlds, they hooked me and Broden, my producer up with computers just to be nice and make sure that we had some cool gear going into worlds. I didn't have any requests on what we would do in return or anything like that. It was just sort of, they wanted to support, uh, the content that I create and with hotline league, I think they really liked the show. And so we had this conversation, they came in as a sponsor. So again, that helps Mark and I actually get paid for doing the show. Uh, which is neat. Mark has yet to get paid. I know he's he's about to get aggressive, but uh, paperwork is complicated, and uh, I need to request some paperwork from him so that we can make that happen. 
I would say I'm pretty lax about getting paid on things, probably to a fault, to be honest. Yeah, but it's okay. I will make sure Mark gets paid uh, because they don't pay him. They pay me, and then I pay Mark. That's how this goes. Either way, <laughs> I really, really appreciate the support that they've shown the show. We're actually streaming this off of an Omen computer. Right now I've got my Omen laptop uh, behind me on my second desk, and I've really, really enjoyed everything about it. They have, uh, they've asked me, or they didn't say, you know, hey, Travis, you have to endorse this or say that you like it, but I've used it and haven't had an issue with it and found it to be really, really great. It's been a good upgrade for me since for my previous computer for editing and all that stuff. So either way, thank you so much, uh, Omen, for supporting the show. If you guys appreciate their support, uh, you can give them a follow on Twitter, Omen by HP. I'll put it into the, the chat. And uh, you can tell them, you know, maybe thanks for supporting Hotline League or any, any number of different things. I know that they do some other uh, content and all that stuff, so you can follow them there. And I think that that, that helps them, uh, you know, really understand that the audience appreciates that. So thanks so much to Omen by HP. Yeah, and I really appreciate this headset. It's comfy and shit. And one of the things I actually really like about it that always annoys me with other headsets sometimes is when the, the middle part on the top of my head feels too heavy. And I don't know why it just really bothers me. Hey, it feels like it's crazy I didn't even stuff. tell Marky how to do that. This was a surprise. I took the logo down. I didn't think he was going to say anything. Then he did. There you oh, go. I can I can stop. No, 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 you're good. You can see whatever you want. I'm just saying that's uh, it's Mark is uh, Mark legitimately appreciates it. Uh, there we go. So some people said that they're not seeing the uh, the pop-ups right now on the screen for donations or something. I'll have to fix that um, in a second. But. Thanks again to Omen. All right. Uh, I pulled some people for more general discussions. If you want, yeah, to, uh, yeah. Why don't we do call that? We'll call some. We'll bring somebody in again. Biofrost Vincent should be on in about uh, five to ten minutes. So, thanks everyone for hanging in. This is. I know this is the Biofrost waiting room. Uh, that's, that's how people are thinking about this. But uh, we're going to get our first caller in just a second. Um, and once we do that, I know, I know, I have a list of of generous people who have subbed and donated i need to go through that list in just a second um part of the reason why donations don't show up by the way is you have to donate uh four dollars and twenty cents or more i think it shows that on the the thing hey fig God, newton that's so funny fig newton 1177 who just subscribed fig newton 1177 is on the show uh but he's muted so hopefully he unmutes himself so i can ask him where he's calling from did you mute him mark no. Well, okay. We, we he left. He got nervous. I love our fans. <laughs> Fig Newton, Fig Newton, freaking out. I don't know what happened there. A uh, little, little nervous. Maybe. Hello. Hello. Uh, we've got Bill on the show. <laughs> Hello, Bill. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from New Orleans. New Orleans. Hey, I was there a year ago at this time for a bachelor party. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, the MVP race. I kind of wanted to hear what you guys think who's like leading right now, and I wanted to talk about like the concept of the best player in a team and the most valuable and yeah. differentiate the two. Hooney is, uh, I think, somebody else was suggesting it should be Dardock uh, is mm -hmm. running in the lead right now for MVP, but I feel like, uh, and again, I'm I'm no analyst, but everyone seems to be hyping up Hooney and it. You know, talking around people, people think that uh, in some ways he's like just carrying the shit out of Echo Fox. Like, question is, would they have beat Echo, Echo Fox if they, or sorry, Cloud Nine this past weekend if they didn't have Hooney? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think uh, so. 
I think Dardock, he, he had a uh, thing that he said, I think it was in the countdown we ran it, but Dardock was like, who needs the MVP? And like having, like working with him and being on his team, I can say that, you know, for sure, for how much he does for our team. Um, you know, like behind the scenes kind of thing. Um, and I think Dardock's really good, don't get me wrong. I think Phoenix is really good, don't get me wrong. But like Huni has such a transformative effect on every international team, that, like a uh, Western team that he's played on that it's like, all right, this is like no joke that he's done it like with three different rosters now where his, his win rate is absolutely insane. Like people always post on Reddit, you know, like the, oh my God, this guy hit Korean challenger with 50 wins and six losses. Wow. It's like, dude, that's like Huni's LCS record is like those kinds of numbers. It's absolutely disgusting. And then he's having, he's clearly the best top laner right now. Uh, his, he has the best stats by far. Uh, you can just watch it. He's an absolute monster. Like, and then you have his teammates being like, yeah, he's he's a big reason why we're good. Yeah. And it's not to say that those other players aren't good, because they are, but it's just like, if you didn't have Huni, how would they look? Mark, you mentioned uh, the fact that he's had all this success across different rosters, and I saw that stat, of course, on Reddit about how few regular split games he's lost over the course of stuff. It's even less if you discount his rookie split. Um, do, you, do you think it's fair to take that into account for an MVP vote? Because you're like... Technically, that was stuff that happened outside of the split, and the MVP is for the split. Or do you just say, like, oh, well, within the greater context of this, you know, he's once again shown this consistency, and that gives him extra right. points. I think it's it's more of a contextual thing, where it's like, it can be hard. Like, League of Legends is such a team game, and there's such little clarity on who's responsible for what within the team environment um, that it can be sometimes hard to appreciate someone. So I think... Like, Rainover is a guy who got, and I, I went on this kind of tangent before. It's like, I think Rainover got overrated because he always played on teams with Hooney. Um, and then now that they've been apart for a while, Rainover's been completely struggling. Hooney's been just fine. So, like, I think the fact that you can have this level of unbelievable, unmatched dominance across multiple rosters and regions is when you're kind of like, okay, Hooney's probably the biggest factor on Echo Fox, Fox's success. Yeah. And that's, that's the context you're kind of getting from that, as well as his team kind of buying that in as well so yeah Huni for me obviously uh we, we said smoothie at the top of the day and it was more of like a he's had a great split thus far but i don't think smoothie will be able to win it unless he keeps up his like insane level of roaming and stuff and he's been having a harder time now that people are focusing him more it feels like yeah bill you said you wanted to talk a little bit broader about mvp well yeah um like when you look at cloud nine right i think it's a fair statement to say that like jensen is probably the best player on that team but I think that in a lot of their wins and what was making Smoothie such a contender for MVP was because he was the most valuable. He was having the most impact, but I think like Jensen's probably the best player. Similar to Echo Fox, like I think Hooney's the best player on that team. But like he's also had some games this split where he kind of inted or got camped really hard, didn't have a lot of impact. I feel like Dardock has been really valuable. And I remember Mark said something a long time ago about Dardock. It was something like every two good plays, he'll have a bad play. Or, or something of that nature. And I feel like that's really been, like, toned down a lot. I feel like he hasn't had those, like, kill himself moments. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like um, I feel like people are a little reserved to give him a lot of credit because of his history and the toxicity thing. And he's a great player. I don't know. I feel like he should definitely be in the conversation. Yeah. I think he is for a lot of people. And he was Jat and I's first team jungler when we were kind of doing our midseason awards like we both had him up there so i think people are willing to give him his due um it's just like within the broader context of how echo fox functions that you like it's it's Hooney who like makes that team who they are he is like the identity that 
they all key off of um, from what I can tell. And I think I think MVP for me is not about best player necessarily in the league. I think it's always kind of been a more like I I think it, and this is something that's even contested amongst even people voting is like no it's strictly best player and I I would say it's best performance like in the context of of the league um, so like for smoothie and why a lot of people valued him so highly was because it was how many supports could have done what smoothie did in the first you know four weeks of the split and the answer was zero and he was winning his team games and being a monster and like winning lane and all this stuff so that's why people were kind of like smoothie MVP because in that context it matters um, but I think the same thing kind of goes for who like who can who can be that transformative of a player Bill yeah. I'm sorry to let you go but I just got word that Vincent is, is ready to go so I uh, really <laughs> appreciate the call it's good good chat and I, I like the idea of sort of starting to think about the MVP stuff right now yeah thanks guys yeah thanks for calling all right, so Vincent Wang has landed. The Wang has landed. I'm going to switch to a different panel really quickly while we get him uh, added in to the show. Mark, I think he's joining uh, Discord right now, so we did it. All right. So, Vincent, let's small talk a little bit. How are you doing? I'm good. Sorry about the technical issues. That took a while, actually. No, it's okay. It's okay. We'll edit. We'll edit this part down for the VOD, and I think the Twitch chat they uh, they understand what they're getting whenever they show up uh, onto the show. Um, either way, yeah. So you guys uh, had a tough weekend. How you how you recovering? Um, I mean, yeah, it it sucked a lot that we went zero and two. I think everyone's really bummed out about it, just because. The games were super close, and any like small change that we could have made in game could have led us to winning. Yeah, yeah, and we're like, what three and seven now? So it's it's pretty awful. Yeah, uh, I was talking to Aframu yesterday and did the interview after that game. Mark and others, I think, really identified that game as being a clown fiesta. Uh, not to overuse the cliche term, uh, Aframu, I think, did not think it was a clown fiesta he was just sort of like yeah i mean that's what happens like we had this option we only thing we could really do in the middle of that that game was team fight so that's why you saw so many team fights i'm curious about your take on it uh i think to the viewer it just looks like we're grouping mid and we're actually air i mean running it down but at least uh for us it was like mid game where baron was up and we wanted to get mid control so we go mid and then Hundred Thieves are probably thinking the same thing, and we're just like facing off every wave. We're like we're looking for an engage. They're looking for an engage, and we just go again and again with these team fights. And when it goes to like later game, where Elder and uh, Baron are both up, it's the same thing. So I can see why people think it's like a kind of fiesta, but there's an objective behind it all, and Mark, it's not like completely random. Because did you I see the clip of Mark literally sing, like doing a clown fiesta noise during the Baron fight? No, I, I didn't see that. Yeah, so, Which so, Baron fight was that? The uh, one where Sticks a uh, Blast Cone you guys back in. <laughs> yeah, I actually, <laughs> I actually didn't see that until I saw a post, because I didn't see that that's what happened in-game. I just knew that, okay, we're all going to die here. This is probably <laughs> it. <laughs> okay, well, I'm... Too where I feel like people got, like, in the Reddit thread at least, everyone Sticks a for that, and it's like, that's just a misclick, like... I'm trying to run away after hopping the wall and there's a blast cone there, which is like more understandable to me than like some of the other stuff that happened that game where I was like, come on. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to finally have you two on a show because last year I did a show called oh League Weekly, God. and the beef between you guys was extreme. Mark just called out Biofrost champion pool constantly. Biofrost had strong, heated words in response to Mark. Now Mark is like, Biofrost games are just a clown fiesta. Vincent's like, yo, there's an objective to this. I'm excited for the heated madness that's going to come out between the two of you. The most the most fabricated rivalry, oh, I don't even know what you call it, feud in esports, maybe? The best part was when people actually read it was like, Mark really needs to lay off of this, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like I brought it up one time on GLT where I was like, man, I was playing a bunch of, I don't remember what it was, I think you were playing a bunch of safe uh, range supports, like... Yeah, you know, I was playing Nami, I believe, and Lulu. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, that was that was the one time I brought it up, <laughs> and Travis just brought it up like six more times, and people thought I was still bringing it up. I was like, no. Uh, worked out really well. Worked out really well. Uh, well, why don't we take some calls? Um, I don't know, Mark, if you've queued up anyone yet for for talking to Vincent, but uh, uh, well, let me do the general plug. I have one yeah. guy ready to go, and then yeah, and you, yeah, you should explain how this works because I know we didn't have a chance to before. I guess maybe we should yeah. have done that when we were waiting. For... Yeah. I mean, we had enough other problems going on. Yeah. Uh, so the way this works for people who have not been on the show before is we have a Discord that we have everyone join, and then you can go in there. I'll put it in Twitch chat right now. Um, so what you do is you go join the Twitch or the Discord. There's a text general and voice general. So join both of those. And then in the general text channel, you just want to type out your take. Um, don't ask me questions. I mean, I guess with Biofrost here, it can be a little bit more question-driven. But generally speaking, we like people to have their own opinions because we want to hear what the fans are thinking. Uh, so go ahead and post in there. If I find your take interesting, I'll put you in the waiting room. Uh, and then at some point, I'll hop in there, make sure your mic works, and then grab you for the show. Yeah. And uh, I say this every time, but we do have a sub room. Uh, so sometimes, by the way, when you sub, it takes a little bit for Discord to sync it, though I know that the mods try and do that. So... Uh, if you are a sub, feel free to put your question in the sub chat because we tend to try to pull a couple people from there every week. So without uh, further ado, Mark is going to line up our first guest. Uh, but really, really quickly, thank you, Scorpades, uh, for resubbing. It says three years and no double lift. I don't know what that means. Um, double lift says he'll come on the show, by the way, whenever we have more viewers. So if you guys want... Double lift on uh, the show is too small for him. Thank you to Vincent for not being. Uh... Well, I pulled three people in the fifty minutes that we had, and yeah. two of them appear to be duds. Okay, well he's not responding. Well, I do. Just, well, I'll keep stalling for time as we've been doing so much on this show. Yeah, um, this is great. Yeah, uh, the most uh, technical difficult episode we've done to date. Uh, decent ADC resubs and says love you with a kissy face. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, decent ADC. Uh, Bramble Vest has subbed, and Rush on the bench forever has resubbed. Thank you so much. I like that name. Uh, oh yeah, How to Maki says uh, that his mic is dead. Get somebody else. He said that in Twitch chat. Don't know what happened. Um, <sighs> no. All right, here's somebody. I think. Okay, I'm excited. Looks like we're going to have, uh, in just a moment, Dr. Lemon Lime joining us. He's going to save the show, guys. Dr. Lemon Lime, where are you calling from? Howdy. Indiana. Indiana. All right, you are on the line with Mark, myself, and Vincent Wang. What do you want to talk about? All right, so the first part, I have to lay it out. Vincent, I'm not trying to flame you. You're my okay. favorite. Support. This is your his first call on the show, and you're starting I, off like this. I didn't... 
Hold on. No, I'm not. I'm not blaming you, Mark. I'm blaming okay. Doctor Living Lime. You know, we just got Vincent on. I convinced him this was a good idea, and uh, <laughs> and you start off the first question with you're not you're not trying to no, blame. Go listen, ahead. I think Vincent's still one of the best supports in NA, but I think by far Smoothie is the best support, and probably, in my opinion, right now he's the most valuable player in all the uh, the NALCS. Okay, so lay it out. All right, so. It, it could also be because C9 is playing so well and because Sneaky is so good at staying off on an island by himself. But being one, he's an uh, NA resident, you know, you don't have to worry about taking up an import slot like some players like Ole. Um, but he's also incredibly good at roaming. He's a great shot caller. And... He also is playing a lot of Alistar, and Alistar seems to be broken right now. But So maybe that adds to it. But I, I do think he's just extremely good at looking for roams, actually shot-calling around objectives, and really controlling the game pretty well. All right, Mark. Do you First off, do you think it's fair to say... And, <laughs> did you just wake up? Uh, expression. I'm, 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 I was deep in the in the general text chat trying to find more people. Well, hopefully you heard what uh, Doctor Lemon Lime yeah, was saying. I, I am an incredible multitasker. Smoothie, smoothie for MVP. <laughs> also, one thing that uh, the doctor, Doctor Lemon Lime, said was that uh, he doesn't take up an import slot. So first off, would you, just out of curiosity, would you ever factor that into your your decision making? Because I that, probably wouldn't. Was, but there's a value proposition more. there, right? Yeah, that uh, was less for like MVP, but more for like valuability with teams. I, guess. I think I think even to an extent that can factor into MVP voting. Like, I view value like the MVP award with like a heavy emphasis on the word value, and the way I talk about it is like value does not exist intrinsically; it exists in an environment, and so you can only derive something's value by the thing it is like the environment that it's in. So in that sense, import rules are a thing. Domestic players who are really good are important, um, and I don't want to put more per, like importance on that than their actual skill or anything. But it's just another factor that I actually do think is worth taking into account. Um, as for smoothie as support, the reason it doesn't matter for him is because there's only a single import support, and that's Ole. So I don't think he's actually competing against anyone for his job against imports the way you see frequently with top and in, in uh, mid. Yeah. All right, Vincent, your turn. Uh, is Smoothie the best support in LCS right now, and is he deserving of MVP? He's my idol. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Smoothie, he's really good at, like as you said, roaming, and he's really of a consistent player. And I think it's just really magnified now that like everyone starts to see it because C9 is at the top, and everyone's like, holy shit, this guy's really, really good. And... He's definitely been having like really good performances, even though like he goes behind in a lot of games. Where recently we saw with him going zero and three initially in the early game as Tarek, and then he kind of bounces back with uh, his team. He like usually C nine whenever they go behind in early game, you you don't like say okay they lost. They always have a chance to come back with um, their team fighting, and I think a big part of that is because of how well Smoothie does team fight and how well he. I guess he um, coordinates with his team to take control. So in that sense, I think he's really consistent and has a lot of value. For the shot calling, he's probably one of the few supports that has a huge impact on his team, other than like Aphromoo. 
-hmm. and i think most of the other supports they're not really like shot callers like i'm not <laughs> i'm not one and then i think um ole isn't one either and for the most part i think smoothie he like directs a lot of the team fights that he um like even in mic checks you can hear him like talking a lot so I think because of like those factors, you can definitely consider him for MVP. And honestly, mm -hmm. I wouldn't really see anyone else running for the spot right now because no one else has, uh, in my opinion, been as consistent and has been having mm -hmm. as many good performances. Okay, this is cool that you, you mentioned that, uh, Vincent, because while we were waiting for you, we were talking about how we feel like Huni is a clear person for MVP. And you're saying there's it's uncontested at Smoothie that there's no like even Huni or Dardock should not even be considered. It's it's exclusively Smoothie right now. Oh, Huni, right? <laughs> I, I almost forgot. Yeah, that guy's the number one team, huh? Yeah, that guy's insane. Um, yeah, it just seems like any team that Huni gets on, they just instantly go to first and regular split he's like he has this insane score or something and he just does really well with his fringe picks like he picked Yasuo like wh who's doing this other than Huni like if you take the nameplates off people probably guess okay it's probably Huni that's playing Yasuo top he's pl playing Lucian and he's playing like Cassio or whatever and he has so many of these weird picks and that just makes him more entertaining to watch and it feels really good when it works mm -hmm. so I think in that sense like because he has so much value and like, I mean, statistics just show like whatever team he goes on, it just immediately goes to first. Um, but yeah, I think it would be between him and uh, Smoothie because at least for in the case of Dardock, I think Huni has been the one that has been consistently getting leads and he usually does really well and doesn't throw. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very good. Uh, Dr. Lemon Lime, thank you so much for calling in. It's yeah. a good topic. Thank you. Yeah. We're going to grab our next caller in a second. I know, I know, Anero's in voice chat. We will uh, we'll pull him into the waiting room and we'll, we'll get him out in just a little bit. But we do, I do want to get, you know, some questions from the callers. So uh, it's, what? it's important to do that. Um, Anero is uh, in the voice chat, by the way, Mark, if you want to put him in the waiting Hello? room. Hello? Uh, Hello, I'll, I'll Burr. Him after this caller, then hey, just throw him right in. Burr, we're, we're sorry, we were wrapping up some business. Where are you calling from? Oh my bad. Um, I'm calling from like the New England region. The New England region. All right. Yeah. You don't. The, Why the are state, you hiding the? the yeah, state is too close to disclose. Uh, you don't have to tell us. It's okay. New England region works. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to talk about? So I wanted to ask, like, Fire Frost, like everyone here. Uh like the general state of na comparatively to like c9's level i think i'm gonna like more so focus on c9 um uh, so I, i'm like a pretty frequent watcher of the lcs right now uh i like miss a day every other week or something but i pretty much watch every important game and i think the general consensus is that c9 is playing like pretty clean they have a lot of advantages that other teams don't have right now i think that's like predicated from their flexibility like they're maybe they're coaching like I don't know their macro. <clears throat> so like, mm, I don't know. It almost feels like I'm watching like wild card regions when I see like 
teams like playing against C9 right now because I feel like they can get ahead early or whatever, but C9 will just shut them down later. What about when Echo Fox plays C9? Uh, I'm not talking about that. I mean, Echo Fox is the other like team that I think right now. I'm just focusing on C9 because I think like I don't know. It feels like their decision making is pretty good and like the way they play around the map, their proactivity, their punishes, it's like a level up from the other teams besides Echo Fox too. Okay. It's just that I think Echo Fox can be like a bit like more random and excluding the last game where I think C9 played pretty poorly to the draft, but that's like because Zarduck, I think like camped the hell out of Liquors. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean I mean I might be jumping the gun, I probably am because like teams probably haven't meshed all that well. And I'm just like focusing on what's like been presented so far. Okay, so your your point is Cloud9 has next level sort of shot calling and ability to control the game. Well, yeah, that's what I that's what I like feel like from watching. Well, so there's far. there's two parts to this, right? Because there's like the C9 versus Echo Fox debate, I guess, and then there's also the rest of the league, which you were saying looks like a wild card region. Uh, I guess I'd rather I'd want to hear Biofrost's take on. on yeah, the, I want to hear Biofrost. When you play against C9, region. do you suddenly become a wild card team? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let's just keep talking about how good C9 is, Vincent. Yeah, this, this I'm, is I'm, I'm actually not really like a fan, actually. So, like, really? Like, they're not my favorite team, okay? Okay. Um, well, in terms of like C9, I think they're very consistent in their gameplay, and I wouldn't so have to say like everyone turns into wild cards when they play against them, aside from, I guess, the TSM game. Um, but yeah, they have like a couple of games where they look really, really dominant. And in that sense, they look more consistent than Echo Fox, where Echo Fox, they usually garner like really early leads. And uh, sometimes they throw, like, I remember when they played against Optic, they had like a oopsie where they like threw a couple of fights and they're like, okay, now uh, let's group up guys. It's like, it's like one of those solo queue moments where like, guys, we might actually lose this game. We're starting to troll. We need to kind of try hard now. And you kind of saw that in the Echo Fox game sometimes. So I can see where you're uh, like pointing with that, but I don't think C9 does anything too special. They have really, they have strong laners, but they're just very consistent and make very few mistakes. And in general, a lot of teams are making like many, many small mistakes and that kind of piles up. So people just notice them, like C9 notices them and they're good at punishing. So they're probably the team that makes the fewest mistakes. Yeah, I mean, don't you think it's like, they're just like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It just looks like their decision making is like a lot better than other teams, probably just because the other teams haven't matched well yet or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, at least for the spring split, most of the teams, like the rosters are significantly different. I mean, even C9 as well. So it's going to take some teams longer than others to kind of mesh. And uh, C9 is probably at the, like the front of that, along with Echo Fox. Like, who, th who thought that Echo Fox would actually be first when uh, going into the split? And then, I mean, CLG were at eighth place. So it's definitely not gone as what people expected it to. And I guess that's a little bit different. Yeah. A okay. lot of people would claim that they predicted this in, in Twitch chat. They always... They always knew it. There's yeah. one guy who called in and knew it, actually, though. Yeah. Well, there's also another person who called in and said that C9 wouldn't make top six either split, I think, right? 
No, that was TSM. He said TSM wouldn't make finals. TSM, no, there were two because I clipped them. They oh, were both the same week. Here? One was C9 won't make playoffs once, and the other one was TSM won't make finals. Mm. So, thank well, you so much, Burr, for calling in. Or, Mark, do you have a final thought? No, uh, that's it. Yeah, thanks, Burr. Yeah, thank you. Have a good one. Mm-hmm. Or you want to grab one more, and then we'll grab a Nero after that, since Twitch chat is right. Do a Nero now because we're kind of on Echo Fox slash C9 anyways. Yeah. I think this would be a good time to, to maybe get him for that. Yeah. Vincent, do you know Nero? Um, He's the coach for Echo Fox. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's the team that has Hooney on it. Uh, Hooney is the, yeah. the player that... Oh, really? I, I didn't know that. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I thought Hooney was still on SKT. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. He's over here. Uh, he's, oh, on, okay. he's on the team. <laughs> and Nero's joining the show. And Nero, where are you calling from? from Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. Okay, now we know. Triangulating the, the Echo, Echo Fox. Money. Yeah, Echo <laughs> Fox location. Um, <laughs> well, so uh, we brought you on the show. I don't think you probably had, you, you probably didn't have anything you wanted to talk about, but Mark, uh, you have some things you want to talk to Nero about, and maybe Vincent can chime in here. We can get an interesting four-person conversation going. Yeah, I have two questions. Uh, one is the, the Hooney thing that we were kind of talking about is like, as someone who's now working with him and all this stuff, uh, how much of that like Hooney hype is like, yeah, Hooney's a god, and like uh, probably the definitive, de facto reason that we're number one, and is that on? Is that correct at all? Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna say he's like the de facto reason we're number one, but he he helps so much with everyone. Like he actually just kind of like pulls all the guys together. I, as soon as he came in, because at first we were like scrimming uh, early January with Alorum. You could just kind of tell as soon as Hooney came in that the atmosphere kind of changed. Like, the guys just all had instant respect for that guy. And everything Hooney wanted to do, everyone's like, yeah, I trust that. I'm on board. So when we're in-game, like, you see the guys, obviously, they'll do this, like, random shit where just, like, three people go in and kill themselves mid-game. And we lose, like, all this gold. And it's because they trust, like, everything with that. And Hooney's been a big part of that, like, trust thing building. So, I mean, I think he's pretty impactful, you know? Yeah. So uh, it sounds like he's a pretty vocal part of the team. Then he doesn't just play top lane really well. He also would you? I mean, like the, the term "shock caller" at this point is a bit of a joke. Uh, yeah. But is is he one of the major voices in decision making? Yeah, I usually say like in game leader, pretty much. Like mm-hmm. him and Josh are definitely the two, uh, yeah, in game leaders, pretty much. They they just keep everyone in line with what the plan is and what they want to do with the game. All right, and then the other thing, which hopefully is the bigger discussion, is a lot of people despite you guys being the number one team, kind of are like hesitant to give you all the praise because they see these mid-game throws, even in that most recent C9 game, like you guys lost Baron once. Um, yeah. Do you feel like that's just part of the double-edged sword that you have to take when you have such aggressive players? Or is it like, no, we need to clean this up and we'll be screwed if we don't? Uh, no, we need to clean it up. It's pretty shit. Um... <laughs> Like, I'm, I'm usually pretty pissed when I watch it, and it happens. Like, we just sit in the room, we're like, okay, well, same thing happened again. It, it's pretty bullshit that this showed up. Um, I I hate it. It doesn't have to be there. It's just they get to a certain point in game, and you can kind of tell that focus slips up a little bit, and they're just kind of they kind of chill with it. Like, it happened to CLG. Like, fuck, dude. Uh, yeah. Vincent shit on us. Like, this <laughs> this whole team screwed us over. Uh, and, yeah, the one win. So, or the one loss, excuse me, that you guys I have. Mean, yeah, like we can we can lose any game if we do that. Like, especially with the way the meta is right now, it just takes like one team fight lost, 
like 30 plus minutes and you can lose the game no matter how much gold you have. So uh, I don't want that to be a thing. It's pretty bad. Vincent, I have no idea if you have any interesting questions for an arrow or anything about Echo Fox that you've always wondered about that you could you could ask him here and he could probably dodge because he doesn't want you to know the answer. But uh, I'm just kind of curious if you have because it's always one of my favorite things about LCS is when you get to see people from different teams like just randomly chatting about the game or, or thoughts. So I'm curious. Well, how's the house? Because um, you live in Beverly Hills, right? So I'm actually generally curious how, how nice the house is. Uh, I mean, the house we used to have was pretty sick. Um, we had two of them actually. And, two of them. Yeah, they got they got rid of one, and then got apartments for the rest of the guys. So like, I'm not even in the house right now. I'm just in my own apartment. I like. So we got like the staff apartment pretty much. Vincent is either asking. I thought he was gonna go with how's the house because uh, might be looking for a place to live at all. No, or. Uh, I thought he might be like, he's using this as leverage with CLG, where he's going to be like, Echo Fox has two houses. Why do we only have one? I Make mean, it happen. It's, it's just a difference between a first place team and an eighth place one. We don't, <laughs> we don't really <laughs> we don't get anything. Um, I mean, it's, it's insane, dude. I don't even know like why we need these houses, but we got them, I guess. I came from Tainted Mines, and I lived in a strip mall, the top floor of a strip mall. That's what mm -hmm. Tainted Minds was for me. So. Wait, didn't you guys both, weren't you both on Dream Team, but not at the same time, maybe? I joined, like, right after Vincent left, so I was uh, there with Cody and uh, Papa Chow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we both got that experience. He just got out in time. <laughs> <laughs> Escaped there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a question about Echo Fox. Yeah, sure. So when you guys play, like, like when... You know, we see like Huni pick like Yasuo. We see him pick like these really fringe picks. Is it just whatever he wants to play? You guys like go for it. Uh, we usually like talk about it before the week even starts. Um, like I have like a specific day, pretty much. It's like, all right, if you got some new pick, tell me it now. Uh, I'm not gonna have this thing where like, all right, day before the match, we're ready to play random champ. Like I don't want to have that happen because. I'm sure you've been in situations that happen in like scrims where some guys just like, oh hey, I think this champ's really good. I want to play this. And it just fucks everything up, right? Um, but he'll pop oh, yeah. up with champions start of the week, and he's like, I think this is good, and we'll try it. And we're like, all right, well, I guess Hoonie can just play everything then. Whatever. And, uh, yeah, it usually works, but it's usually super far ahead of time we prepare it. Like, Yasuo this weekend, we prepared it actually for Cloud9, and there was just a scenario where we could do it against uh, 100 Thieves. So we're like, yeah, fuck it. We'll do it here. It fits. Yeah. Uh, so I have a little bit of a question about C9, uh, and for both you, uh, like Licorice. This is a C9 has... episode. What we we've just what? been talking about C9 a lot. I'm just teasing. Sorry, this is more about Licorice, I guess. Where like he's coming as a rookie, and I think a lot of people were surprised with how C9 integrated him, where he gets counterpicked like every single game, and he plays carries, and then they send a lot of resources in game to him. Generally, like that's how it feels to me watching. Uh, how does that like? How, how does that make like your opinion of him change? Because for me, it makes me hard to place exactly how good he is because it feels like he gets more help than a lot of tops in the league, uh, but he's also still executing with it. So I don't know what your guys' opinion of Licorice is. I, mean, I think he's insanely good. Like, I'm just glad he's got the confidence to do that. Like, you know, a lot of guys are going to come in and they're just going to be kind of uh, uh, like scared to really pull that out initially. Like they want to get their feet wet first and kind of test the grounds, play a little Malachi every now and then, and yeah. then see if they can pull it out. Uh, he just doesn't care. He's ready to do it. Like, 
I'm, I'm actually so glad he did the Lucian and the Huni thing, not just because, like, we won because of that, but it's just really good to see like, <laughs> he wanted to, to just even try that and do it. Like, it's really cool as fuck that he wanted to do it. Yeah, because it felt like they received a lot of flame for doing that. Like, people thought it was disrespectful yeah, or something. But uh, that's, so, that's so fucked up for them, dude. Like, it's not... The Lucian part was, like, the really good part of the draft. Like, it wasn't even bad. They could have actually done something with that and won. Like, the Lucian didn't ruin the game for them at all. If anything, like, it actually saved their draft like being able to play lucian and gp is so nice for drafting actually yeah uh vincent i i guess mark your question was also about like so maybe vincent can handle that too um on the top of licorice he's a rookie and i think as a rookie when you join like a team like a top team like c9 there's a lot of pressure on you to perform so it's really nice to see that licorice is playing uh pretty well I think his team does like set up a lot for him where you try to get him what he's uh, comfortable on, like a pick that he feels good about. And if you're like constantly playing for just like the better of the team where you have picks that might not be the best for lane and then you're just like suffering lane and then people aren't really playing around you, they're playing around bot lane or mid lane, then it can be really quick. Uh, it can be like a situation where Licorice is just alone top. And I think that wouldn't be good because as a rookie, I think it's really important for your team to like reassure you uh, if you're doing the right things. So in that sense, I think C9 is doing a really good job about that. And I think the atmosphere that they have um, also helps because if you have a good learning atmosphere, then even if you make mistakes on stage, like this weekend where Licorice didn't have the best showing on Lucian, I'm sure that C9, they'd be like, don't worry, man. Uh, it's fine. You just got hard camps. Um, you'll have like a better shot next time. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It does seem like C9 just has a really good, uh, really good culture. Well, Mark, do you have anything else for Nero, or should we? I mean, in the future, I, we were talking this past weekend about how um, he's down to come on a hotline league in the future. But the cameo oh, was kind oops. of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I was just chilling in the chat. I was just hanging out. I'm always here. Yeah. And I was just like, hey, all right, I guess sure. Yeah. Cool. Mark, you got anything else for him? Uh, I mean, I'm always down to pick people's brain, but for the sake of the show. For the, for the respect of Biofrost. Thank you, Anero. Yeah, no worries, guys. Sorry to randomly get thrown in. No, no, no. No, no it's no, good. We no, were. I think it was fun to have you on, especially as we're talking about Echo Fox. It made sense. Yeah, no worries, man. Thanks, dude. Right, I'll see you guys. See ya. Um, all right, so while we're grabbing the next caller, Vincent, I'm kind of curious... Uh, I'll, I'll selfishly take this time to ask about my favorite topic, which is double lift. What, um, of what do you think of him and Ole and their current situation on the team and how they're doing? Um, well, I, I can't talk any shit because we lost to them, but they just lost against golden guardians. Yeah. And so that gives you a little bit of ability to talk shit. Yeah, I have a little bit of leverage here. Um, you know, Golden Guardians, uh, they weren't doing that hot, and now they kind of like been on the rise. And I'm not sure if that's because they're playing a lot better or if Team Liquid is playing worse. Um, I think Team Liquid, they have like a bunch of comfort picks. And Peter, he literally plays Trisana every game unless it's banned. He loves that champion, it's his favorite champ. Um, he even had like a crown moment in one of the team fights. I remember watching it live <laughs> where he just like rocket jumped in and instantly died. 
and people blame him a lot for it, but I, I saw what he was looking for. He was looking for the quick kill and running out, but I think people are really quick to um, hate on teams that just have like a bad showing because they only see one game, and if you play bad in that one game, they're like, okay, this team is doomed. And if it gives like a little bit of perspective, TSM last split, we, we were horrible where... Uh, in the sense that we went to like three games almost every set and even in like 2017 spring where we had turtle we also went to like three games and we're like um we're like losing every first game and if that was best of ones they'd be like wow tsm is really bad but we still ended up 15 and 3. so in that sense i think best of ones makes it really skewed so people are like yeah team liquid is doomed they're playing super uh, poorly and uh, they don't have any idea how to draft or whatever. And I think that's just a little bit extreme. Yeah. Cool. I just wanted to squeeze that in there while we were waiting for the next caller. Uh, but it looks like Chrono MK is, is here, both a sub and a uh, frequent caller. I think you've been on the show at least once before, right, Chrono? Uh, yeah, it was, I think, the second episode. Yeah. It was, yeah. Well, welcome back. Uh, where are you calling from? Uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Madison, Wisconsin. Well, what do you want to talk about on the show? All right, so uh, main topic I wanted to talk about was, um, I haven't seen this in a while, but back in like season five, Thorin and Monty, when they were doing the Summoning Insight and stuff, uh, they kind of frequently did uh, the all NALCS, like best roster of all time. And, you know, being them, they would argue and argue and argue. And so I haven't seen one done in quite a while. So I was kind of interested uh, in what you guys thought. And also, uh, I the main thing I wanted to talk about is not just figuring out what who is best, but also uh, I want to say that Bjergsen would not make any all NALCS roster for one important reason, and that's because um, so NA for whatever reason has the other lanes, uh, top and bottom and even jungle to an extent have always been super resource intensive. So top lane would probably be best top laner of all time. Uh, Huni, you would probably say, maybe there's a couple other people. Double lift, or Huni season six, probably. Uh, Double lift season two uh, would probably be the best AD in North America of all time. Uh, and for all those people, they're super resource intensive, which when Bjergsen is so resource intensive himself in mid lane, uh, you, you can't, like, we, we've seen people try to make these super teams where they have three people who need a bunch of farm on the team. And so uh, that's why I think instead of Bjergsen, some, uh, another mid laner would be the best for that position. Well, why can't you have, it seems like you're you're just deciding you can have resource intensive people in other lanes, but Bjergsen doesn't allow to be the resource intensive person in the mid lane. I feel I feel like you're like, I don't want Bjergsen on this list, and thus I have crafted a reason why he can't be on. Well, I think that's fair, yeah. Biofrost, is Bjergsen as resource intensive as this guy claims, or is it that he would never be able to work in a team with resource of intensive side laners? Um, I think people have like this really skewed perspective of Bjerg where they think that he needs a lot of resources. He plays lane really consistently. He rarely makes mistakes, and because of that, he usually like uh, gets advantages of his own, and because of that, um, he has a lot of options in his lanes. Like he, he can look for like a gank. He can, if you play around him, then he can go by. He can go top, and he opens up a lot of options. And he also, he's also an in-game leader. 
and out of game as well. So he definitely has a lot of impact, and you can play around him or not play around him. It doesn't really matter. It's just that people see the like the effect of playing around him, and they're like, he's very consistent. He makes few mistakes when you get him ahead, and that's because that's why like people are like, oh, let's play around Bjergsen. Um, but he doesn't need resources to do well. He's very good in lane, like as just you know one v one. So, um, just to put it out there, like if it if it isn't Bjergsen, like who would you guys? Or sorry, it, let's include Bjergsen as well. Who would be the like mid laners that you would personally put as the best North American mid of all time? Like you could choose from anyone who has played in North America. I mean, I. I think you pick Bjergsen. Okay. Because, I mean, it's hard because he's been, I think a lot of people have considered, he's been in the NALCS for so long. And to go, I think most of the time people consider that he's been the best mid laner during that time. So you have to go back to like ancient history and be like, is Big Fat GG better than Bjergsen? Is <laughs> Reginald in his prime when he's getting pentakills on Gragas like better than Bjergsen? I, yes. I think it's <laughs> okay. There we go. There we go. So Biofrost says Reggie is better than Bjergsen in his prime. Reggie could take Andy's, him. Andy's a god. Andy's a god. Okay. There you go. Oh, oh. Should should Reggie step back? Just since we're on the topic of Reggie randomly. The, you're going. This is something you very clearly <laughs> wanted to bring <laughs> up. We we are not on this topic at all. One you just waited until I said quick. his no, name. Just, just a real quick. This is like a pit stop. You stop at the scenic view. Take a picture. Get back in the car. One word answer. Uh, I'm gonna give it a no. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. So yeah, I mean, I think Bjergsen, uh, best mid laner of North American history. I don't know. Bio or Mark, do you disagree with me? I mean, I guess it kind of depends on what the question actually is. Because if you're talking about the best North American League of Legends history for mid laners, like yeah, it's Bjergsen hands down. It's not even close. If you're talking about like, if you took someone in a snapshot of their best season, and could put them on a team. Um, and because I know on your thing that you posted in the chat, you listed high in season four. Yeah. And like relative to his skill, then he actually went toe to toe with Bjergsen generally. Still mm -hmm. lost lane a little bit more, but had a bigger impact on the map. And that's when C9 and TSN were like the, the two clearest teams. And so I think you can, for if you're crafting some hypothetical super team of the best players from history, I could see a world where you put high over Bjergsen, but I don't, I would never claim that high like career is better than. I suppose I should clarify my question then. So, uh, if you could make a team from any player at their absolute peak, their best, and it was a player that's not necessarily from NA, all they have to do is play in NA at any point, what five people would you pick? And I think my list, just to give a reference for the chat, was Pooney Season 6, Rainover Season 6, uh, High Early Season 4, Doublelift from Season 2, and then I think the support is definitely up for grabs. Anybody could talk about that support. So I always thought, like, what are your guys' thoughts on who you would pick? And is there anything crazy about that list? You think Doublelift's best year was Season 2? Um, To be honest, the Season 2 and Season 3 kind of mix up for me for Doublelift. It's been a while for that. So I don't, I don't know. I think that. he had his best time on best years on, on TSM, but... Maybe that was just because he was getting carried by Biofrost. I don't know. It's hard to say. Well, I think in Season 2, he was better compared to the rest of NA mm. than anyone else. Yeah. I don't know. I think everyone was bad in Season 2. <laughs> um, 
All right, so I won't answer this question because it's going to take a little bit long to go through it. But uh, marker bio, which one do you want to go through first? Uh, this is such like a give me like an hour to think about it. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you want me to come up with. Well, you dragged him in. Well, I thought. Never mind. It's one of those things where you see something posted and you're like, yeah, I yeah, guess yeah. this is how it's going to go. It's like this is not how I thought that yeah, conversation yeah. was going to go. Sure. Okay. Just yeah. pick. Uh, pick two. Pick two in any lane. Well, since we don't have too much time. Uh, for how about I just say time. no? <laughs> Biofrost. Um, two two players. Yeah, two players for a best of all time team. Best of all time. And what season? Uh, I think Rainover in season six, regular season. He was insane. I think it was season six or was it season five? I don't. It's it hard because they stopped calling six. them season number. They started calling what year? Do you remember? That was the Immortals one, right? It was it was 2016 spring, I believe. Okay. Um, yeah. And then it was also, I think, maybe season uh, six, uh, summer double lift. Okay. And that's also the same. Is that his first year on TSM? Yeah, that, no, yeah, that was his second, was the second split. split. Okay, okay. Yeah, it was, it was after they kicked Yellowstar and Biofrost came in and saved that yeah. team. Biofrost just wants to go back to the old days, the beginning of it all. No, I'm just saying that Peter's Lucian was pretty clean because yeah. um, that meta where Lucian was like really good, it was just very, yeah, very good for him. Pocket pick. I remember the pocket pick meme. Yeah. Thank you, Chrono, for calling in. Thanks, guys, for having me. Have a good one. All right. Who else do we got next? Uh, while we're waiting for that, uh, shout out to Bramble Vest, Rush on the Bench Forever. I call it those guys. Saprozy, uh, Real Foxy, who gifted a sub to Nick Allen, uh, Brandian, Brandon, Brandon Allen, uh, Ventus Official, and Real Foxy gifted a sub to Stixay, who is maybe watching right now. Uh, it looks like we've got our next caller on Davidson, uh, repeat caller. I know you've been on a previous show. How's it going? It's going good. Where are you calling from again? Sweden. Sweden. Oh, I remember you. You were you were <laughs> the one that said uh, that you thought EU should be the farm system for NA. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm excited. What do you got for us this time? Okay. So I'm really. Uh interested in uh, team communication maybe be uh, a bit boring for some but i want to know how uh, authority and a demeanor of a person can uh, impact the uh, the communication in game and can uh, uh yeah so so sorry the authority of someone can impact the communication in game yeah the you know the personality Okay, so I can give you some examples. Yeah. Uh, Aphromu, when uh, you heard him shot calling in the Baron pit, he was really quiet. He was, he didn't raise his voice. He was calm. So how does that impact the team versus a uh, support or jungler that screams, that panics a bit? Oh, uh, okay. They, so uh, in in game, how the the style of communication, how does yeah. it impact? So. So uh, actually, this is a this is an interesting conversation. I've never really thought about this. So Vincent, uh, in team comms, you're probably the best person to talk about this. You've got obviously like sometimes you listen to comms f 
from a mic check or something and you just got all five people screaming their minds off and saying all sorts of stuff. And then other times you've got like just a get on this person, this person, this person. All right, this person, this person. All right, finish Baron. Okay, we win. Go, go, go. You know, so what, what, is there a difference? Is there a better, is, are there, is there such a thing as like too much comms chatter? Like talk to us a little bit about comms. Um, well, I was just talking about, I'll just talk about team fights because that's, um, I guess what you seem the most curious about, yep. but at least in like team fights, you sometimes see those like Korean, uh, mic checks where they're like, Lulu, 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 yes. and it's just this like channel of like, just Lulu that you can hear for a minute. And you're like, why is this necessary? Um, but I think the difference between that and just having one person saying Lulu or, uh, Sivir, um, is just... I guess um, there's a sort of hype that you get when everyone's like screaming and at the same time other people don't really do well in that scenario where they're like I need some quiet I need to think about what people are actually saying instead of this uh, chain of just nonsense um, so in that sense like it can affect different people in different ways and it just depends on what the team agrees is the best communication personally I think that having someone or like a couple of people just say cooldowns like oh i'm going in five seconds i'm gonna i'm gonna have alistar wq i'm gonna go in three two one i think that's a lot better than just screaming out like a bunch of people are screaming out like stuff that are unnecessary but it's different for every team and personally i find it really i hear mic checks and it's just people screaming their asses off about one target for like 30 seconds uh if you have a team of players who don't seem to mind the screaming uh do you think it's like intrinsically bad like inherently bad because like like you mentioned like a uh, samsung galaxy or uh yeah when they won worlds there's like this clip of ruler literally like shrieking at the, the highest pitch you can imagine like as they were winning one of their fights and it was like that can't be good for communication this is the best team in the world you know like does it does it not matter if the players don't mind it i think optimally you would want just very clear comms, but I think the situation can also affect how your comms work because I know that when I play in like NALCS compared to when I'm playing at Worlds, the overall tone of my voice completely changes where there's more on the line and I'm more, I guess, stressed. So I, I can see how maybe Ruler usually communicates pretty like not like that and then suddenly in, you know the finals they're like holy shit this is it this is our chance to win when they like they lost uh last year by just like one game and yeah. when everything's on the line like that you can just go full uh full crazy and yeah screaming wins fights i guess yeah how how are like there was an maybe this is a good time to talk about this i don't think we ever did so Andy, and he was very nervous about the way he said this in the interview. He asked me about it afterwards. He alleged that you and Sven did not really talk that much at Worlds. And that was one of the reasons why there was a departure from TSM. Um, and so while we're on team comms, maybe this is a good thing to talk about. Do you agree with that assessment? Do you think, like, was it just different at Worlds? Because it was interesting that you mentioned that changes from LCS to Worlds. Mm -hmm. um, at least for me, I don't communicate that much in team fights unless i'm playing like an engaged champion or like i just say you know shield and five if i'm playing like Lulu or whatever and i'm not that commanding so in mic checks it's like okay 
uh, for us. Does he actually talk? Um, but like I talk in other aspects of the game. So I think by the time around Worlds, Dennis and I, the roles that we were given, um, I guess when Andy means that we didn't talk that much, he would just see it as we weren't like shot callers. Like we were giving a lot of information, but we weren't really like directing the pace of the game, which you would see with a lot of junglers in the early game or um, supports because we definitely did talk. We weren't like mute, um, but we were just giving out a lot of information and we weren't really directing the flow of the game. And what Andy wanted was someone that would shock off for the team where he'd be like, okay, this is the information that we got and this is what we need to do in this scenario. I want you guys to push out ball, come get vision with me and I want uh, the pinks here and here and here. Whereas um, we're more like giving uh, just info. Gotcha. So speaking of uh, jungle uh, uh, communication, um, how do you think it's the most important role to have a good uh, communicator on? Yeah, I think it's super important to have someone really vocal in the jungle role because at least early game, it's all decided by the jungler, like where you want to go, like what camps, what you want, what's your pathing and how you want to cover your lands and where the enemy jungler is to try to track them. And in that sense, you control the game, like wherever you go, that's where the play is going to happen. And um, for the most part, like the jungler is just the sole controller of the early game. So having someone that's really vocal can uh, in the jungle role will help you a lot in the game. So do you think that's uh, uh, one of the reasons uh, that uh, Echo Fox won against C9 in that Lucian top uh, game? Because Svenskeren just uh, after like uh, seven minutes he just left top side and didn't ward and didn't have any presence there. Well, maybe think... not seven minutes, but after like 11 minutes or something. Yeah, I think having good coordination, at least for vision and setting up ganks, is really important. And um, Dardoch does a really good job at like looking for. Uh, he's really good. Uh, he's really good ganking jungler. He always finds these timings where it's like, wow, I can't believe I got ganked here. And um, he's good at like gaining leads and I'm sure that him and Huni like probably set the lane up where it's hard for Licorice to play out his lane without getting ganked and um, that's probably really difficult in a setting where if you have really good communication with your laners it can feel almost impossible for the other team if they don't have good communication with their jungler. All good Davidson? Yeah. Thank you so much for calling in really appreciate it. I know it's a crazy early time for you. Yeah, my voice is a bit rusty. Yeah, no, it's good. It was a good topic. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. Uh, grab I'm gonna grab another person in just a second. Uh, Vincent, I want to ask you something. So before the start of the split, I did an interview with you and I asked you like, okay, what's you know you you play you have to go up against TSM. What's it gonna be like? What's your relationship with these guys? And you were very diplomatic and very polite. Uh, Eli, I'm going to... Eli just joined. I'm going to mute you for a second because I'm just talking to Vincent about something. Uh, but we'll get to you in just a second. Um, you were very polite and and all that. But I feel like there's this really weird thing that's happening with the players that left TSM. So Peter obviously talked a lot about how he wanted to beat them. And then eventually it was like, people need to stop talking about this. But Sven 
uh, today, like my my interview at the top of the subreddit, it's like I I know how TSM is when they lose. And he was talking to Parth about this afterwards because Parth came by. I was teasing him that Sven had said this. I know how TSM is when they they lose, and I wanted to make them feel that way. And and Parth was like, "Yeah, that's uh, everybody just gets quiet in the room, and there's just silence." And he, he's like, "That's exactly how it goes." And then I won't ask you about your personal relationship with any particular player, but I will mention that in the interview with Avli, Hanser said, like, I'm on good terms with Vincent, but I don't think he likes me or anything like that. So there's this interesting, like, and and they, like, in the, the segment beforehand, before you guys played, I think Bjergsen said something like, I know all of his weaknesses. I don't think he's, you know, he's got a lot of problems and I'm going to, you know, use them or whatever. I know those are a little played up, but... General question is like it feels as though the players that left TSM there's like a weird vibe about all this stuff. This is how I feel. I'm curious, you know, however much you want to talk about this, like how are things with you and these guys? And do you do you wish you would beat them not just because of the competitiveness, but also just because I don't know you didn't get you're was, not you don't have the revenge checkbox pot filled yet like Sven and was was the fuck you to Hanser? <laughs> No, it was actually like people. People just take that way out of hand. Where um, when even when I was on the team, Kevin would always do these like super troll things, and I always be like, "Fuck you, dude." Um, so I was just giving a typical answer, and I knew he was streaming, and I was all streaming. So he sent me this like really long and heartfelt like message, and I know that's not Kevin. So I know he's trolling. So I just told him to fuck off. Um, so in that sense, like I'm on good terms with TSM, at least. I hope I am still um, but for Dennis I think I'm not sure if he's just I think he's probably just upset about how whenever like we uh, didn't perform well at Worlds like everyone on Reddit was like super quick to just jump the gun and go like yeah Dennis he he's the reason why blah 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 and then people are getting really mad about that and at least for TSM when we do lose it feels really bad because there's an expectation to win and the room is silent as a part would describe where it's like jesus christ guys we lost and it seems like the world is ending or someone had just died um well, on the rift but um yeah it just i think in that sense like it makes dennis happy that he won against tsm but i'm sure like i'm pretty sure that he's still good friends with them it's just that there's a competitive drive to kind of beat the team that ended up replacing you. And I think a lot of the players on TSM thought that um, they were going to try like another year where even though they like messed up like two times that there's still going to be another chance, but then it ended up like us getting replaced. So yeah, everyone just wants to win. And even for me, like I don't have any bad blood, but I just want to beat TSM. Unfortunately, we didn't win. Um, Hopefully, the next half of the split. Yeah. Do you? Whenever Hanser said only because you you brought it up. Do you think Hanser was trolling whenever he said in the interview with Avli like, I don't I don't think Vilefrost likes me. The whole audience was like, oh, it was. I was just like, damn, what is going on? Hanser just plays the crowd better, dude. Everyone's gonna be like, man, Vilefrost's a dick, and Hanser just wants to be <laughs> yeah, friends. It's like he's master manipulating the situation. I mean, when you take, I remember his tweet where he like took a screenshot of like a fuck you and if it was taken out of content, well, yeah, it just seems like, holy shit, Vincent 
someone just sent you this heartfelt message and you just told them to fuck off you're such a mean person but um it's like an inside type of thing okay like inside joke so yeah okay secretly i do hate kevin though <laughs> <laughs> okay there we go okay thanks so much for clarifying that i wanted to bring it up at some point in time on the show i just didn't know when all right so we've got eli on the show eli rez uh eli where are you calling from hey i'm calling from kissimmee from florida. where kissimmee florida kissimmee florida okay i've never heard of kissimmee before but i have heard of florida so i i know the general vicinity <laughs> yeah. We're like a uh, thirty minutes south of Orlando. We're oh, basically nice. like, yeah, we have kids. Um, we have Disney World. That's yeah. what we're known. Okay. For. How do you? Are you nervous for? Are you gonna try to go to Miami Finals? I am. I actually did sign up for uh, the lottery master. Are you game. nervous or upset about it being a small venue? Like, do you have like? I'm just kind of curious, really quickly about this. Yeah, like when I heard that it was Miami, I was like, yo, that's really. You know that's really dope because like i've never been to an lcs event and there's not really many um esports type events around here like there's a lot of card game events like Yu-Gi-Oh, magic and all that but nothing really for esports especially league which you know i'm into <laughs> yeah. but um yeah i saw the event was in miami through um i will dominate's twitter and then he immediately was like, why is the venue only 2200? And I'm yeah. like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I just was curious about that. What do you want to talk about on the show? Um, I want it because um, it's the halfway point in the regular season. And yep. um, I was wondering if you guys, and it'd be interesting to get Bio Daddy's opinion on this, <laughs> is if, uh, do you think TSM, CLG, are still playoff contenders because like i said it's a halfway point and um i wouldn't say that these teams don't look convincing but they're certainly not living up to expectation you know you know clg's or that biofrost is on clg right because you're like uh these teams i'm not sure about it you know he's, he, that's on, no. he's on that team i was gonna say that a little bit later i'm okay. way more convinced about clg's performance even though good save. um because there's more convincing, <laughs> there's more convincing plays on CLG side than I've seen on TSM side, and yeah. and I know like I'm not a TSM fan, but I could acknowledge they're a really good team. You know, they've consistently won finals and all that. But I'm really unimpressed by this roster and how they're doing this season and just their playmaking in general. While I feel like CLG has way more potential and like way more room to grow. Yeah. And I know that sounds weird. But... Okay. So Biofrost, are is there a chance you could even make it to playoffs at this point in time? <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> have you have you given up yet? Yeah, yeah. So so how are you <laughs> oh, spending no. the next several weeks while you kick back and relax, you know? Uh, it's all over. I mean there's no relegation, so might as well not try, right? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> but like I think, I mean, being on CLG, I want to obviously make playoffs, and it sounds weird that I'm, like, trying to make playoffs, because I remember in the beginning of the split, we're like, let's try to get first, and then now it's like, let's make it to playoffs, guys. Um, so there's definitely some struggles there, and for TSM, I think they have pretty slow games where, um, in terms of, at least after they get an early lead, they don't 
uh, really snowball games as fast as some of the other teams do. And because of that, people are like, oh, why doesn't TSM do anything? And for the most part, TSM has really good laners. They, you always see them getting early advantages. They always get ganks off where sometimes um, Mikey on ganks mid or top and they get leads, but they just end up throwing in like the mid game. So in that sense, like I think TSM is definitely a playoffs team. I don't know which team they're going to kick out, but there's currently seventh. And I'm sure to say that CLG is going to be a playoffs team as well, because um, even though we're going through a lot of like issues right now, we are improving, even though to the viewer, it's like, holy shit, what is CLG doing? Right. Um, and like, we definitely see it as well. And there's like, People always bring up draft or people bring up like, why aren't they doing anything early game? And that's probably because of the draft where we have lanes that are um, not as aggressive as theirs and we don't win in the early game. And then we're just giving up things. And some people don't see it as, oh, if you're only 1K down at like 20 minutes against this team comp, you're doing well and you're only one dragon down. But other people see it as like when CLG loses, they're like, okay, holy shit, they didn't do anything in early game for like 20 minutes. They lost dragon. Where's their objective control? And what are they really doing? But uh, draft play is a part in that. And at least for us, we're confident in ourselves to make it to playoffs. If I said I wasn't confident in making it to playoffs and something would be wrong there because I think every team should have the confidence to be able to win and make playoffs. I mean, Golden Guardians is now doing well and mm -hmm. um, people originally were like, Golden Guardians, they're going to go, I don't even know how many games there are, like 18 games, zero and 18, but um, yeah, they're doing a lot better now. To Eli's second point though, who has a better chance of making playoffs or who would you believe in more, CLG or TSM? Like, this would be a historic situation, right, if TSM does not make playoffs. It would be the worst split they've ever had in the LCS. Um, whereas, yeah. so, I, it's it, as much as you want to believe in yourself, like, I'm very curious if you would believe in yourself so much that you would, you would say, you know, TSM potentially doesn't make it. Hmm. I think TSM will make it for sure. I think one of the teams that are in playoffs right now is going to end up falling out because of a like a mid split thing so i don't know which two teams will well, fall like 100 out. thieves is on the the decline like the 100 thieves and team liquid i think are the ones that are most likely based off of how things have been going lately yeah i think uh team liquid is definitely going to be in playoffs there's no question about that it might just be FlyQuest. um but even then FlyQuest has been looking a lot better recently too when they have stunt um, but they've been like, like moving around their roster a lot. So maybe if they like keep doing that, where they're like, oh, uh, uh, we want to try this and we want to try that, and every time they just, like try something, it ends up uh, ending in like a loss. Then you can quickly see them out of playoff contention, and one of the teams like TSM or CLG will end up making it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think TSM, it, it would be really weird if TSM didn't uh, make it to playoffs because they make it to finals every split and not making it to playoffs is a lot more extreme. Like even when they had um, Yellowstar in the 2016 spring split, they were six and they didn't look as bad as they do, like not look as bad, but they didn't have as bad of a record as they do now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because... Um, 
in my opinion, CLG looks a bit better on paper, like toward the beginning on the uh, season. Because uh, Darshan is an excellent top laner. Rainover was is a super good jungler. Like I love watching um, season six Rainover and Immortals, and because that was some of the most fun games in my opinion. Like watching LCS period. Um, and yeah, I really believe in the rest of your roster. Just I could see. Um, I don't. I don't know. Some teams I've seen need time to like kind of get into their groove. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Eli, for calling in. You can, uh, you can yeah. take comfort in the fact that everyone aside for the top two teams look like booty hole at parts this season. So everyone's got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Except All for right. Golden Thank Guardians, you. they've been. Uh, I mean, they were just one game behind CLG. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Everyone that's, has a chance. That's what I'm They're saying. It's like all along, Golden Guardians has looked good. They've just been holding back. Thank you, Eli. Do you watch the LCS, Travis? Listen, it's very strategic what they're doing. From the very beginning, their management said, we're going to lose all these games and then come back in the second half. Uh, all right. A bunch of people uh, hooked us up. So, Enero's Discord gang donated $5. Thank you, Enero's Discord gang. Lord Mordath. Uh, we got a host from Leviathan, which was nice. Yeah, let's see. Uh, Zigsta6 resubbed. Q Kenley. Oh, God. Something you guys' names. Q Kenley subbed. OPTSM fan donated 1080 and said, uh, great, que- great show. Question for Vincent. Kelsey Moser tweeted that TSM kept their problems and picked up G2s. You know firsthand TSM's problems and adaptation by referencing the game on struggles. Why do you think they continue? Do they need a Weldom type person? Don't. I'm not going to take a long time on that, but let's just put it this way, Vincent. Do you think that uh, TSM picked up G2's problems? Is that a, a fair assessment? Um. Oh God, dude. We're going to end up talking about TSM so much. This yeah. Quite, quite okay, that's fair. That's fair. It's for the clickbait. Yeah. Tom One is in the call. Tom One, where are you calling from? TSM plenty. He, they hate each other. Tom, Hanser and uh, Bob. <laughs> yeah, man. Tom God, One, where are you calling from? Uh, North Carolina, Chapelville. North, North Carolina. All right. And what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, well, I kind of want to talk about the difference between 2016 TSM at Worlds and 2017 TSM at Worlds. Like uh, how it kind of, it definitely, I think, would be fair to say that 2016 TSM looked like more convincing in their games like even in their losses than 2017 Bjergsen kind of mentioned that uh, in some video or something and I was just wondering uh, if perhaps like after losing 2016 if it like seriously impacted how the members like interacted in TSM like uh, maybe the atmosphere of the team it just kind of seemed like there was a lot more like sadness and maybe like Sven hate I guess uh, and things like that throughout the 2017 year than in 2016 so i don't know maybe that's why the team like kind of had to disband and maybe fell apart toward the end vincent no comment um no um (laughs) i think for 2016 we had a really good start to the split like 17 and 1 and um yeah we definitely looked a lot better in 2016 worlds like we were literally one like we, we were winning really hard against Samsung Galaxy in the early game, and then we just had yeah. uh, like a team fight where we ended up losing. Dashing to Victor, by the way. 
People remember that, but like there was a point before where we kind of threw in mid lane where three of us ended up dying and then we lost most of our lead from that. So people don't really remember that point and just remember like the Lucian thing, but there was like a lot of previous like prior mistakes that we made. And uh, for 2017, I think scrims were going pretty well for us. And um, it's just that on stage, like we never even got to the point where uh, we could do anything as a team. We just lost early game and it was like, okay, what, what do we do now? We're like behind 4K gold at like 15 minutes. So I think in that sense, it's a lot different where we just didn't really perform on stage in the early game and yeah it was hard to deal with but on like in 2016 we had a lot better of a chance at least it, lo it looked like because um we we're doing a lot like a lot better but at least for me personally i felt like we were better in 2017 just because of how much more we knew about the game but it didn't really show on stage I have a, a kind of a follow-up question to this, and it can be, I guess, a broader coaching slash team prep question. Because in 2016, you guys, I remember, I think it was Weldon was talking about how he like always wanted you guys to be making plays, want proactivity all the time, and forcing this kind of stuff. And you had a very clear kind of play style of like Sven, Bjerg, Rome bot, and you guys try and blow bot lane open. And then in season seven, it felt like, you, like you said, you guys probably knew more about the game and you had more options on what you wanted to do, but you were less uh defined and like practiced at, in any one of them um and so like moving forward with clg and these kinds of things is there do you prefer to be i guess a narrower team that's more honed in at a skill set or or like do you prefer like the kind of more knowledge-based play each situation differently um i think it's a lot better to have a certain play style that you adhere to like every game um of course flexibility is really important at least on the international stage because when you have like a patch that doesn't really see your play style, it could be it could be like game over for you in a best of one setting so in that sense it's like not a good thing but if you have a really good style that um you play like every game where okay we're gonna draft this way and then we're gonna play around these lanes then you can quickly get into routine things where you have this set playbook and your plays become very consistent and it looks a lot better on stage where like if, for example um 2016 immortals in spring split where they always play it off of huni and like rainover just went top and he would help Huni whatever the way I can, and then Wild Turtle and Altec, I mean, not Wild Turtle and Altec, Wild Turtle and um, Adrian would just be alone on an island, and they would just pick self-sufficient lanes where they can just farm, where they play like Soraka and uh, Gianna. So having like that type of set playstyle can really help you gain consistency. I do think it's a lot better for a team to be good at many different styles, but it's often not possible and it's a lot better to be honed down in like one specific style. Okay, so final point I would ask is like, so there was obviously so much uh, kind of memeing about TSM and groups and like obviously like you mentioned, it's pressure about a big team. So do you think that that sort of thing affects the relationship of players and then your play? Because I mean, obviously we can't actually see all of your interactions and we don't really know the intricacies of your relationships, but 
either it's just something I'm seeing just because I kind of want to see it, but it, it almost seems like in 2017 there was more like, I don't know, more tension between the people than in 2016. I, I don't know. Um, I think people were just more, I guess, on edge, I would say, because if we messed up again in 2017, it would be very, very bad. I mean, we kind of saw what happened as a result of us losing. So people are like, you know, this is it. This is our last chance. And people kind of knew that if we did uh, play poorly in this world, it might just be, um, it might be it, you know? It might be our last split of playing together as a squad. Mm. Um, so in that sense, things were a lot more stressful. Thank you, Tom. So you would say all the memes about 6A killing you guys in that last game has not made you hate 6A? No. Of course not. <laughs> okay. Who do you hate more, Hanser or 6A? Oh, it's a tight race between those two. Yeah. Is there a, is there a sleeper we don't know about who's like secretly your most hated? Actually, like, that's... there's got to be someone, and I bet you, like, Biofrost is like the nice guy, dude. You know, like, that's his brand. But there's got to be someone in LCS that he hates, you know? I, I feel like everybody has someone who, like, even if you don't hate them, they just, like, rub you the wrong way. Yeah, like Mark. Mark like, makes tweets that yeah. are very mean about me, and he bullies me. And know? nobody likes me. Yeah. I, I rub a lot of people yeah. the wrong way. We'll never know who Biofrost hates the most, but there's Unless somebody. Unless he tells us right now. Yeah. I don't hate anyone. There's no one that rubs you the wrong way. Like, you just you have weird interactions at the LCS. He's never going to call somebody out on the show. No. That is the most anti-Biofrost thing ever. I, I don't know. Maybe he's... He's, he's not going to be like... Right now. He's not going to be like, no. yeah, you know, Apollo really smells, man. You know, he's just like, I walk <laughs> yeah. past him. And... There's no one that, like, kind of goes out of, my, out of their way to, like, be like, Bio, you suck. So, yeah. yeah, no one pops out. Yeah. Okay, uh, we've got just a couple more questions coming in in just a second. By the way, for Biofrost and Twitch chat and all the callers, we are now talking no more about TSM. It makes sense that we talked a lot about TSM. They're the most popular team and that Biofrost was on there for so long, but no more TSM conversations. We're not going to be like, Biofrost, what was uh, what was your diet like when you were eating or when you were at TSM? <laughs> What was uh? What did you? The majority of your food and sustenance. Would you say that you ate healthier than Hanser? Chicken nuggets. Every time Mark goes to the other channel, he does this, where he's just like, I'm like, what are these conversations? He just he looks so exasperated whenever he's in that other channel. Oh, he's back. I, Hi, Mark. I just always rub my face and just like. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just every time I feel like you're like, oh, these callers, they don't. I talk, I talk no. to him. MLZ. No, the callers are great. I love the callers. Hey, this guy has the same initials as I do. MLZ, you have Mark's initials. Uh, where are you calling from? Uh, East Lansing, and they're actually not my initials. Uh, it's part of my last name. Okay, well... The first three letters. All right, we don't need to disclose too much. We'll, we'll keep it safe. But you're calling from East Lansing, uh, which is where? Uh, in Michigan. Uh, I go to Michigan State University. Oh, nice. I had a cousin that went Home there. Spartans. We don't really talk anymore. I don't really know anything about it. <laughs> complicated story. Anyway, what uh, what do you want to talk about? Uh, I want to talk about Alltech and Adrian and how I think they're a very underrated bot duo and they don't really get any credit for being on Echo Fox even though they're the top team in the league right now. I mean, like, Mark, when you were talking about Echo Fox's 
uh, successor earlier, you didn't even mention. I uh, no, I'm glad you brought this up. I was gonna say something at the time, <laughs> but he's I? like, we were we were talking about the MVPs, and you were like, uh, listen, like Hooney's so good. Like I'm not trying to say anything. It's Dardock, and obviously Phoenix is really great. But Hooney, it was just kind of. It felt like you were forgetting. I know that's not what you were going for, but it was yeah, no, no. Tell me why I should. Uh, I should yeah, talk Mark, about them more. I'm gonna tell you why you should talk about them more. Do it. So. Uh, Hooney and Dardock, they uh, obviously get all the hype because they're making big plays top lane, but Dardock is camping the shit out of Hooney. Like, every single game, it is Dardock. It's, it's a Dardock-Hooney duo. Um, but I think that uh, despite not getting any really pressure bot lane and not getting any resources, and in fact, oftentimes using resources from bot lane to try to get top lane ahead, they manage to come out mid, uh, like even every time or even on top sometimes. Uh, and like I think that's really that's very telling for uh, for a bot duo to be able to do that despite having no pressure. But uh, so if you're going to talk about the best teams, the best bot lanes in the league, Doublelift I believe mentioned in a in an interview or sometime that he thought the best bot lanes were sneaky and smoothie. Uh, Sven and Mithy didn't make any mistakes, and then obviously he thinks him and Ole are the best. Mm-hmm. But um, if you want to talk about how Altec and Adrian actually uh, went up against those guys in all their games. Uh, you see, you start to see patterns where they are uh, saving Dardock and Hooney from their throwing, even though uh, uh, they're supposedly they're supposed to be the ones carrying this game. Uh, so versus C9, obviously it was uh, camp the shit out of Licorice Fest and get Hooney super ahead. But uh-huh. uh, there, at 15 minutes, there was a play where Dardock got caught in the topside jungle, and it was a three-man push for C9 down mid lane, where. Uh, they were. Uh, they looked like it was going to be a, a swing in tempo for C9. Like they were going to take first turret, and uh, they were going to get back into this game. But at that same time, it was uh, Altec and Adrian and Smoothie in the bot lane. Uh, Altec and Adrian dove Smoothie, killed Alistar, who's like one of the ta- most tanky supports that's uh, played right now. Killed him under his turret, and uh, managed to uh, instead of have be a, a tempo tur- a tempo swing for C9, it was a, a turret and a, and a kill for both teams. So I think that just illustrates how uh, they're able to keep the the throws in check. I think because they're so solid, and they did that. Uh, you guys, I guess you can chime in if you want. So yeah, Altec uh, and Adrian are wait, the unsung the... heroes of Echo. Yeah, yeah. Class. We don't. You don't need to rephrase the question, Travis. So what, just what he's trying to say, Mark, is that Adrian and Altec have. What What are Altec? What's Altec CSD? Uh, minus three. Minus three. CSD at that time with no jungle resources. Only uh, he's, he's last in the league and he's negative 4.9 oh, really? on the thing I'm looking at. Yeah. Uh, 4. Um, okay, last time I checked, you'll see. Yeah, he's, he's negative 4.9 and you're right, he doesn't get much help and that's fine. Uh, Sneaky is number one in the league and he's six in jungle proximity. They don't get any help either. So there's a good reason that people don't like this bot lane's good. I'm not saying they're bad, but they are fundamentally not the reason for Echo Fox's success. Okay. Oh, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. Well, then why are they underrated? They're just when people talk about why Echo Fox is good and how they're winning, it's like Alltech and Adrian, like Biofrost even said when it was Adrian and Wild Turtle, similar story on the old Immortals team. They're very self-sufficient. They don't need resources to do well. They do well because, but they don't win the game for Echo Fox. They're not the ones stopping the throws. Like some, and like I'm like that's a great point. Like yeah, they do make good plays. I'm not saying that, but when you look at this team. Phoenix is smashing everybody. He has the highest CSD in the entire league. And then the same story with Hooney. So you have massive laning pressure. Here's another interesting stat. Uh, when you play against Echo Fox, Dardock is the highest jungle proximity jungler in the league, 
but he is still behind every other jungler he plays against on average because Phoenix and Huni generate so much pressure, you need to react to them and then Dardock counter ganks. So when people talk about Echo Fox, it's not that they don't respect Altec and Adrian. It's just that they're not that important. Don't worry, MLZ. I think he's being aggressive because I was teasing him about not saying that Adrian Altec. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it was. It's it's just one of those. I haven't popped off this episode. I feel so. I just had to. I don't you were know. the oh, you were the unfortunate off. Mark pop off victim. I, I think that uh, you're actually. Uh, I think they that they do manage to stop the throws a lot of the times. Uh, if I can go on and make a point about where other games. Well, let's get Iron Fox's opinion here. Let's get. I don't know. Let's, okay. Let's get someone else in there. Well, we'll really, hang on, hang on. Okay. <laughs> I just want to hear someone else's opinion about it, because I understand what, what his point is, and I think he understands mine. Yeah, yeah, okay. Vincent, really quickly, do you, what do you think of Altec and Adrian there, and I'll, sort of what do you think of this conversation between Mark and MLZ? Um, for Altec and Adrian, like Mark said, they're just self-sufficient. They don't get a lot of help, and you kind of can't really tell what they would be like if they got help. I think um, probably in scrims they're like, okay, it's very consistent to play around Huni. He gets leads and he plays really well off of them. Same with Phoenix. And I don't think Altec and Adrian are the best laners. They're they're okay in lane. And in comparison to Sneak Hands Movie, Sneak Hands Movie, they're really good at in lane where they make very few mistakes. They have really good base timings and Usually those base timings allow Smoothie to roam, like you see Smoothie roaming top lane, and that only happens after like you have a lot of tempo in the bot lane, and that's usually because of the way they play lane out. And you don't really see the same thing with Echo Fox. I remember playing against Echo Fox, uh, Adrian TB top, and they lost spot tower because of it. And those are the mistakes that really differentiate between a very good bot lane and an okay one. It's those mistakes that can really change the pace of the game and where you lose a lot of tempo because of bad base or because of a bad trade or a bad decision. And you don't see um, C9's bot lane making many of those. And for Echo Fox, they just play a lot better when they have um, the jungle pressure around mid and top because they play so much more aggressive in lane. It's just the play styles making uh, really important to play around those lanes because you don't need Altec and Adrian to play super aggressive to win the game. You just need them to be stable and play team fights uh, okay and uh, get most of your lead from mid and top. Uh, so really quickly, MLZ, because we do have three other people to get through, and I'm we're already running over time, but I'm stealing back Vincent's sure. Vincent's traffic time. Uh, do you want to retort? Because I Mark kind of ran you over, and then I, I just want to give you a final <laughs> final remark. Um, I just wanted to say, I mean, I, I could go on about how I think that they do stop the throws, and I could point out plays where they have stopped Dardock and Huni from throwing. Um, but obviously, if I mean, if we don't have time, we don't have time. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I just think that they have uh, had a really good season. I think that they're the backbone of this team that's solid and allows them to be super powerful on the map elsewhere and i just think they're having a good season and they fit well on the echo fox team yeah you should tweet at mark later with some examples uh <laughs> you guys can take it to twitter i never I said would love to. go for I would it i'd love to <laughs> mark, mark i've never i've done this show we were in episode 14 and i mark this is one of the few times i've seen mark get really defensive i don't know wait i'm not even defensive i'm like go for it you, see, like, you <laughs> seem you seem a little defensive right look at you mark look at this this looks like super i can go offensive again <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm Do just you want kidding. that? I don't know. I'm just kidding. I'm just roast kidding. the shit out of me, Mark. If We're... I roast him, I'm offensive. <laughs> if I don't say anything, I'm defensive. Mark, gotta... Mark, 
You need to find the balance between alpha and beta. I'm just kidding. Thanks, MLZ, for calling in. It was a pleasure. Yeah. All right, we got three quick calls to go through. Uh, I'm just kidding. Oh, he's already on the other channel. All right, we got uh, Keyblade Valor 19. The Silent Knight gifted a sub to CLG Biofrost. Congratulations, Biofrost, on your new sub. You have uh, the access to emotes for me, Mark, Kelby, who you don't know. Uh, that's my jams resubbed. Moonstrucks uh, raided a while ago, and Bubba Cola gifted a sub to Avli May, so she's she's back uh, if, with the, the stuff. Oh, it looks like we lost a caller, so like, maybe we only have two left. Uh, Connor H314, an Ivysaur, Boken 515, and Jaworski has resubbed. And uh, what, Mark, did the other, are we, do we only have one caller left? <laughs> well, so one guy, I, I just didn't move him out of the room because it was like a uh, we weren't going to use this question. Yeah. And then Kizia's mic isn't working. Okay. Well, hopefully uh, so it gets we, fixed. If... We have. I remember Kizia's question that I typed in, and maybe I can try and rephrase yeah, yeah, yeah. it for Yeah, process, you can but... check uh, at the end, and if not, then you can uh, you can wait. But Khan, who has uh, called in previously, is a Twitch sub, had a really interesting question. We didn't get a chance to talk too much about CLG on this show, and I felt really bad about it. So I, I went to the sub chat and enlisted their help. Khan, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm in Idaho. That's right, and you've, uh, you've called in before. I really appreciate it. Uh, what did you want to talk about? Well, we never really get a chance to talk too much with pro players, but I was going to ask uh, Vincent Wise here what like the day of the life of like a, a professional league player is. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel like you guys just play the game for 12, 14 hours a day, and that's all you do. But I'm kind of curious like if there's more that goes on when it comes to being a pro player and like an organ stuff. So yeah, just from a CLG perspective, even not talking about okay. TSM, what is a day in the life of a player on, on CLG? Okay. So let's say for tomorrow. Okay. For tomorrow I'm probably going to wake up around eight 30, eat breakfast. And at nine o'clock I have a, like a mental skills workshop for that goes on for like an hour. And then at 10, um, we have scrims and the scrim blocks usually three hours. So you have two of those in a day, and after the stream blocks, usually you don't have anything else. And, when do those end? Um, the day usually ends at around 7. Um, sometimes it goes over, sometimes it's a little bit earlier, but after uh, the stream block, you usually eat, and then you just play solo queue until like maybe like 10, 10.30, and then I go to bed at like 11.30. I watch like maybe one episode of uh, my favorite TV show before I go to bed. What's which your favorite is, TV show? Which is... It's an anime, so it's not, not Drop a TV what, show. What anime? Yeah, that's, what anime is real TV? Come on. It's okay. I, I saw Avali in chat earlier. Yeah, yeah what anime? She'll be interested. It's called uh, Violet Evergarden. Um, oh, shit. I watched episode one of that, but then I never watched it again. Avali yeah, shows up in chat in all capitals. <laughs> what anime? It's good. I like it a lot. Yeah. It has a uh, really good art. Uh, so what do you, and you have lunch and dinner, so maybe you can talk a little bit about what that experience is like. I mean, people, CLG it was silly asking like, what is cook. it, but you guys yes. have a cook. Like, how does this all go? The best cook. So our cook, his name is Andrew and, um, the meals are all paid for. So it's all cooked and they're all really good. So, um, breakfast, lunch and dinner is all included. Do you, have you, uh, any, um, have I, you done any cryogenesis therapy or whatever that shit was? Like, uh, 
year. That's last he year. Was, he was not on the team at that time. I know, but I didn't know if it was still going on. It just wasn't. Have you team. gone in the free frozen tank thing? Uh, no. Um, didn't do one of those like boot camps where uh, we went. We go to the training facility, so I didn't get the opportunity to get in one of those. But it does sound pretty cool, though. I, I don't know if it's actually pretty cool. Biofrost wants to be cool in the freezer. Just stop. Well, I, I think one. I think it's pretty cool to hear about the mental uh, hour you have because I think that's something that most people maybe not aren't aware of pro teams having. Uh, also, I was going to ask, like, do you guys have like a day during the week where you guys like kind of have off to just kind of recoup and start over uh, your week? Um, today is actually my off day, so usually on Mondays after LCS, you get uh, one day to do whatever you want. Um, unfortunately, I'm spending it right here. Uh, on the show just, yeah just, i don't know yeah. i don't i don't know like is, is it just no new seems like you spent a decent amount of it at dinner and in traffic and figuring watch, out some yeah, discord watch, problems vincent watch <laughs> darling in the franks watch bitterest yeah. or whatever like you know don't you have something better to do uh yeah well i i have to make it up to travis somehow because i was late and uh Unfortunately, I had some Discord problems. Yeah. So, uh, one, you sometimes, do you guys triple block? Because I know this is like a, it's like an interesting thing. Like, what team is triple blocking? Oh, this team started triple blocking. Wow, these guys are triple blocking already? Can they triple block this long? Like, um, do you, are, are you, does that happen at all in the future? Or are you planning, like, is that a thing that will happen? Um, triple blocking, it takes a lot out of you while on tsm we had triple blocks of weldon and whew, not a fun time <laughs> after you do it for a while and on clg we haven't had that but it can help for some teams and it could be detrimental for others because when you do nine games in a day uh for like scrims the quality of the games overall just de decreases and some people when they play like that many games their communication drops and uh, things just become very, I guess, not as good as maybe six games of pure focus. So it just depends on what you need to work on because, like, let's say, um, I think most players, most pro players, after scrims, they'll play solo queue anyway. So the logic is why not just play scrims then if you're just going to play solo queue anyway. So the difference, I think, is um, at least in scrims, you have to communicate a lot and it takes up a lot of energy, whereas in solo queue, you don't. And, um, yeah, it, it's just, it takes up a lot of more energy. And if you want to have like triple blocks, then I think it's important for people that are working on a lot of like the drills, a lot of the, um, mechanical things and a lot of just kind of getting to mesh more as a team. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're not doing triple blocks, but I know team liquids. Team liquids triple blocking. Which means yeah. someone else is, but it's not CLG. We'll figure it out, Travis. Well, technically, I, I... you don't... Well, I guess I'm trying to think about it. I'm like, you could scrim... T somebody could scrim twice and then I mean, twice. But the then somewhere there'd be... The schedules could be offset, but yeah. probably not. Yeah. Well, Mike, is my final question to Vincent. Kind of about scrims. I come. From, I played sports as a as a kid coming up. Do you think it's you get more out of a scrim if you go into a scrim and you lose against maybe a tougher opponent, or do you gain more out of a scrim, let's say, where you have a game plan and you're successful in it, against maybe somebody that's not as strong? 
I think for sure the harder teams because when you play against a weaker team, they don't punish you for a lot of the mistakes that you end up doing. And against a better team, they start punishing you. You know, they make a TP play when you're looking for a setup. They're like punishing you on like specific windows where when you're playing against a weaker team, like you don't um, get punished. And then on stage, if you have only been playing like weaker teams and then suddenly you go on stage and a better team is like punishing you for a lot of the uh, choices you're making in game, then you're like, what happened i thought this was working so it's a lot more it's a lot better to get punished in scrims uh playing against a better team than executing um really well against weaker ones very good well, thank hey, you for that thanks so much con for calling in that was good i really appreciate it Should all right try and get the last guy yeah just check him really quickly and we can we can power through it really quick if we need to um speaking of powering through uh CLG Starfade donated four twenty said thanks for having Vincent on tonight. I usually am only able to catch the YouTube videos. Glad I could watch it live. Uh, Bobacola said oh, donate hundred bits. I can't read it in time uh, because we got Kizias on the show. Kizias, is your mic working yet? Yeah, it's working now. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Costa Rica. From Costa Rica, nice, great way to call close out the show. You're, I think. Yeah. I love it when we get international callers on. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, Dorshan and his impact on CLG. I think like there was a time where uh, when CLG found like their playstyle well, with uh, the uh, split push and all these, but now I feel like Dorshan may be impacting or maybe one of the causes while CLG is not working or is not playing that good anymore. I think he is a very mental player, emotional player. I think like um, he might be struggling, and because for example they won uh, to to Echo Fox, who is the top team right now, but I think they won based of uh, his mental state. He wanted to beat Huni because Huni says that he's better than anyone else. So, but on the rest of the games, I don't know what is going on, but I think the expanding the resources on Dorshan might not be the best or, or <laughs> might, even though he's a very good player so i don't know i wanted to your point of view and of course uh by your first point of view on this Dar uh vincent stop giving darshan resources it's a waste it's a waste <laughs> uh no but uh so i think kiss as you were saying if you feel like darshan is a kind of emotional player that might affect his play and right now, maybe he's uh, inconsistent, or maybe he he should be more supporting rather than, you know, trying to carry. What what happened is the following. I I of course I see the the uh, analyst desk, and I saw them um, like talking about how Dorshan is the one player that can save CLG because he's so up uh, level right now. But I think that maybe that's the problem that we he is not the you you maybe he's not the player that can carry the team i think there there the clg must play more like uh like a whole than just trying to invest that much resources on dorshan that's what my what that's my point all right biofrost so tomorrow before the scrims you're gonna you're gonna take the <laughs> recording i'll give you the clip hand it over to tony 
and let them know that Play Darshan... around bot lane. Play around me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen, this Costa Rica guy, he's got it. He's got to figure it out. It's about or, me. Or Bio you show the clip to Darshan so he gets upset and then smashes again. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> All right, yeah, so closing out the show. Closing out the show, Vincent, what do you think of this? Um, I think we have bigger problems to worry about than that, but um, it's just... I think when we're watching like the games, when I watch the games back, I just see a lot of small moments that we're not executing on. And for Darshan, he is a pretty emotional player where he works really, he plays really well when he's in a good mood. And um, he reassures his teammates a lot. So he's like a shining beacon. Um, and I don't think like we're having a situation where we're playing off of him too much where we're giving him too many resources i don't um i think that we're actually not playing off of one lane in particular right now we just have lanes that it's not really possible to play off of where you know we keep drafting these lanes where we're getting pushed pushed in early so you can't really play off of lane that gets pushed in early other than just counter ganking and getting safe vision from preventing the other team from getting the first turret so um yeah i can see the concern but i i don't think that's a pertinent uh problem thank you kissy i really appreciate it thank you yeah bye-bye all right cool that's the show so uh really quickly i want to shout out the rest of the uh the folks and uh i'll stick around after the stream uh mim earth 101 subbed uh pancon panga mg wrath oliver the best cat the silent terror and Tale of Leaves. So many subs that we have to figure out maybe a better way to do this in the future. Um, Mark, you want to give any shout-outs, plugs, anything at the end here? Anything to say? Uh, um, I'm really looking forward to playing some Monster Hunter now that we're done with this show. Uh, haven't haven't done too much yet, but it seems really intriguing. I'm looking forward to it a lot. You got any con Is there a blame game coming this week? Yeah, probably. <laughs> That's probably... <laughs> Is That's there any offline stuff coming out this week? Probably. All right. But Are you going to be on the analyst desk this week, Mark? Yeah, probably. Okay, Okay. good. Glad, glad that there's a probable chance of something happening this week with you. Something's going to happen this week. Just, All right. I don't know. Uh, Biofrost, you got anything here? Um, no, thank you for having me on the show. Yeah. Thank you. And by the way, thanks. The first pro player on the show yeah our first pro player thank you for coming on uh no worries that you were a little bit late we figured it out and uh i really really appreciate it hopefully other people will come on soon and uh thanks by the way to omen for sponsoring the show uh they also support clg so that's pretty nice and uh yeah thanks everyone for watching i'll be around for a little bit at the end and uh if you oh i always forget to say this there's a podcast version of the show there's an audio version of the show uh i probably should say that at the start of the show i don't Everybody's always asked about that. Um, it's on iTunes and Google Play. It goes up the same day as this. And I think I might start posting the full VOD um, a day earlier uh, on on Patreon. I'm not sure we're going to play around with that. Uh, but anyway, thanks everyone for watching. Thank you, Vincent. That's the show. <laughs>